Hi, I'm Senshu, one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you. Good to see all of you. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever shows up in your horizon. Before we, before I start uh, the Dharma talk, that is titled "Everything Is the Path." I'm not the first one to say this. Everything is the path. Everything is the way. This is basic teachings. It's in Zen, shows up in Zen, it shows up in Zogchen, it shows up in Mahamudra, but a great gesture or symbol. Shows up in various teachers. Some of them are not even Buddhist. It's just the truth. So before we go there, I want to ask again for help with this particular Sangha, this mandala, which is uh, uh, a center of uh, sanity, or that's what comes first here. And in order to do that, you have to address the insanity, not cover it up, not make excuses, not shoo it away, not go to war with it. That's what this is for, so that we, so this situation, if it's clear, if the, if the insanity is clear where you're at, then all of your outflows, anything you do from from there on, if you're clear about it, will not add to the insanity in the world. Reflect on that a little bit. There are lots of things you can support in the world, lots of 501c3s or not-for-profits that you can spend your money on or send it to. This uh, may be a little bit different. This is about fundamentally not interfering, not controlling, not converting anyone to Buddhism, a, a terrible thing to do. That's your business. But it is about training one's mind to see clearly. If you see clearly, then you will function out of that clarity. But if you try to flunk function out of the concept of clarity, the idea of clarity, the, con the conclusion of clarity, this is just more warfare, more but criminality, more insanity. Don't believe anything I say, as you've heard me say 1,500 times. Consider it. Reflect on it a little bit. See if you resonate with it a little bit. If you're here, you probably do somewhat. Everything is the path. It would have to be that way if you reflect a little bit on that. Whatever arises in your mind stream, the way I say this is, that's it. That's how you know. Whatever shows up, look at that, observe that, feel that, smell that, taste that, think that. Nothing to correct. If you think there's something something to correct, then you'll continue to correct and, and, then, uh, and then recorrect and then correct again and a little bit more correction and more correction. There are times when that absolutely is what you should be doing. You should be doing that kind of work, especially if you're a carpenter. Especially if you're uh, uh, raising an ant farm. Just name two things, two things that are pretty obvious to all of us. 
but to see the way, the spiritual path. This is not going to work. Uh, cause and effect, success and failure, doing something to get somewhere. You can't do anything to reach enlightenment. And it's not saying that the provisional teachings don't talk about those particular stepladders and elevators and escalators. But still, you still have to realize uh, fundamentally what this is. It's not here to there. There is no there. Everything is this. Nothing fundamentally occurs in the relative sense. Of course it does, but that's what is the, that's the clown at the head of the whole confusion. It was a Pied Piper following somebody, something, somewhere. You can't follow me because I'm not going anywhere. I don't have any followers. Do you think you're a follower of mine? I don't know. Maybe you are. Let me know where I'm going, will you? So this was a, the title of this came from a, a statement. I feel it was a statement by Ken Kempo uh, Gangshar, who was a, uh, a teacher of my root guru, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, back in the 70s or in the 50s. Also, he was a, a teacher of uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, who wrote a book about uh, Kempo's teachings, which is what uh, Eric uh, Blogsfeld recommended to me recently. So we may study that together. We'll see. His teachings were very direct, both to Tonga Rinpoche and to Trungpa Rinpoche and other teachers, basically the Dzogchen Mahamudra teachings, which if you know a little bit about that, you might have an idea. Maybe you've already read uh, Vivid Awareness by Tonga Rinpoche, which is about the teachings of uh, Kempo. But the instruction there is very, very direct. The path, everything, 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 this, that, this, you, you, me, everyone you're looking at, every, everything you're thinking about, anything that shows up is the path. And the idea there, as I talk about it, I don't know about Kenpo, but the way I say it is uh, just receive. Whatever shows up, receive that. You don't have to add to it. This is the path, necessarily. But you might have to. I don't know. I'd have to do that. But if you go anywhere else away from what, away or avoid anything that is arising in your life, your difficulty with your relationship, your success with your relationship, your job, your business, your relatives, your mom, your dad, aunts and uncles, people who are other people who are practicing the Dharma, other people who are practicing Zen or Tibetan Buddhism. Right and wrong are extra. If you look in that direction, you'll be you'll be drawn, you'll be magnetized into correctness or rightness. And sometimes some people will lead you there because that's what they operate out of is right and wrong, correct path, wrong path, good Buddhism, bad Buddhism, Buddhism. I'm not going to say don't listen to that. I'm just, I am going to say listen, but don't necessarily conclude anything out of anything. Don't conclude, don't do anything unless you have to, including 
conclusion. Is including a conclusion? Same, it's the same sound. Is that the same word? You can tell I'm starting to make a dumb joke. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to resist that. We've talked about the Cludes before. The Clude brothers? Include, exclude, and what's that? Conclude. Conclude. Yeah. What did I say about it? <laughs> so don't, the idea here is very simple. Uh, being, uh, all silliness aside is, is when anything, when something shows up, receive it as it is, rather than conclude something about it. Or rather than exclude that. They're like, hey, that can't be, I can't look at that. No. Yes and no, no and yes. Look at look at every single bit, every chunk of your mind stream that arises that might be apparently caused by him or her or that or this. That's happening because this is happening because she said, he said, they said. Very easy to go to that because there might be quite a bit of just relative situation where somebody is actually giving you a difficult time or treating you, shall we say, unfairly. So, but, but if you, but, and if you go that direction, it just creates circles, even if it's relatively uh, correct. But what you can do is whatever shows up in the mind stream, just receive it. If you just receive it, if you receive it completely without adding anything to it, without presuming anything about that, then you won't know exactly what it is. Even though if you go back into who caused it, who said it, what, what happened there, or why this came about, any kind of blame or praise, uh, that covers it up. It gives it a patina of otherness that makes it acceptable or unacceptable. And here we go, or there you go, or here we all go on some kind of uh, trip around the around the merry-go-round of the Ferris wheel or some circularity that right and wrong, up and down, they shouldn't do that. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have let them get away with it. You don't have to do any of that. And also, you don't have to take your eyes off from any of that. You can actually watch that occur without joining in, without refusing or resisting, there's passion and aggression right there. And without looking away or ignoring, there's the other one of the three poisons, ignorance. You don't have to take any position. And if you see deeply into this, which hopefully you will, if you look at what is arising in the mind stream, eventually you will have a fundamental understanding of what this is, is that everything is dependently arisen with any apparent personhood that's anywhere is unreal from the point of view of a person. It's real from the point of view of dependent origination, our tantra. It has a relative reality. You don't have to align yourself with anything. You don't have to believe in anything. Belief, disbelief, or obstructions, conflicting feelings, emotions, thoughts. You don't have to do that. You can actually train your mind as I see it, I don't see everything, obviously, but as I see it, by sitting down, holding still for certain periods of time, longer is better, the way it looks here. Not that you couldn't 
overdo something, you can overdo everything. Pardon me. Sit down, hold still, and watch the movement of the world, of your mind, which is the world, of the world, which is your mind. Just, just watch that come and go without objecting, agreeing, or shutting down. I'll say it again. Watch whatever's moving without giving it the nod. Watch whatever's moving without saying no. Watch whatever's moving without blinding yourself with some kind of stupid, and this is a description, not a judgment, stupid otherness. Since you can't handle the reality that is showing up right in your mind stream, right in your life, right in your eyeballs, you will want to go to something else. It's called ignorance, but it also can show up as the activity of distraction into something more interesting, more safe. It could be a distraction, distraction into an opinion about what's happening or judgment or idea. So when I say, repeat, as Kempo said many, many years ago, everything is a path. It's not anything any different than I've been saying in different words, maybe not quite as direct. But everything is the truth. Everything you see is true. There is no, there is no relative situation going on other than the way we have to work with our life as living beings before Enlightenment, as the Zen saying goes, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Nothing really occurs. If these are ideas I had, I, I couldn't even, I'd be totally embarrassed to sit up here and talk to you about my stupid ideas. I don't have any stupid ideas. I'm just stupid. But not in the way you're thinking. Awakening and delusion are not separate, not two. So you could say, well, what awakens? If there isn't someone there, there to awaken, what awakens? There actually is no awakening. You just stop sleeping. You just stop sleeping. Nothing sleeps. You realize it. It might take you a few years to understand what that means if you realize that. When I first understood that, it was 40 years of practice before I had a deep understanding of what it was. 40 years, maybe 38. Nothing sleeps. There's nothing to be done. But if you're here and your life, your, your habitual patterns during the day and during the night and in the morning, uh, tend to swamp you into this and into that and draw you into this kind of a conclusion that is disruptive to yourself and others or another kind of exclusion that is disrupt disruptive to yourself and others might want to train your mind. All, all that takes, simply put, but very, very difficult to do and challenging to do, could be even said to be probably impossible to do without help, even though you have to do it. You have to train yourself to see that. Sir. Sir how is the way that we work with negativity on a spiritual path different than how we work with it on a mundane path? On um, uh, the spiritual path, you would just receive that negativity. And on a mundane path, you would try to correct it or fix it or shut it down. 
or find some cause for it and turn that off. Be a relative relationship to that. And that's very seductive because it looks like this person causes that and this person does this and says this, and this person kills these people. Of course, that's happening. It's relative truth. And people who are completely drunk on their opinions, they're drunk on it. Therefore, they're going to act out of that insanity or out of that lack of stability because they're intoxicated by what the traditional word is extreme beliefs about the nature of reality. Extreme beliefs, thinking there is a real person. If you think there's a real person and you get afraid, you're going to defend that person and you might validate it by, I've got to, I just have to shoot people because they otherwise are not going to believe me. I have to show them how much I've been uh, tortured or hurt. So I would just kill people. I'll start out, starting out with my grandmother. But you know the story I'm talking about. They're, they're, those people, that person is that terrified. Who knows the causes and conditions behind that particular lifetime? But we knew, do know that he wasn't much help available for someone who's that crazy. They usually just get shoveled, shoved aside and quite often can end up just wanting to prove to you how much they're suffering. I'll teach you. I'll show you to ignore him. You shouldn't ignore me. More. Allowing, um, does wanting to investigate that negativity leave the reception of it? Allowing? Not necessarily. I understand what the question is, but not necessarily. You do both. You could be, you could even be a detective and be training your mind, be anything and include spending some time just watching how the mind works rather than making assumptions about the mind that these thoughts are actually coming from a, a separate being who is a detective, who knows stuff and has a hunch about this, a hunch about that. Or? How, how do we do that investigation in a way that supports the reception of the negativity? Well, the primary situation, as far as I'm concerned, I'm very biased, is to train your mind. Make that the priority. That's why I encourage, it should be obvious what I'm in favor of here. I think everybody should come move in a monastery. And if everybody comes this way, we'll build one. Right now, it's pretty tiny. You're part of it. So how does it look to you? Don't you think it would be a good, let me ask you a question, then ask you another question. Don't you think it would be a good idea to really train your mind. This doesn't mean you've attained an uh, awakening, but you might be less um, self-centered and sure of your own ideas about everything. You might be more able to actually give someone the benefit of the doubt about what's happening in their mind rather than correcting them. You might think, well, I don't know what I'm doing. They don't really know what they're doing, but I'm not going to make things worse by, worse by fighting with them. So you might be able to do that. That's a, That can be a gradual area where you... you you look at the, the three vows, don't do harm, do good. It's not too difficult to see that, even though sometimes that can be confusing because you can think that what you're doing for someone is actually good when you're actually harming them and getting in the way of the karma. They need to see themselves. Not something you can calculate or figure out. If you don't do anything unless you have to, then there's a good chance if you're spending a lot of time training your mind, then any outflow or any activity that you produce uh, won't be obstructive for others and probably will be fairly harmonious. There's no good guarantee. More? 
shoulder bowing. Yes. Do outflows leave just receiving bowing? Hmm? Do outflows leave receiving bowing? What do you want to know? I thought I was clear. That's as clear as I can be about it. You thought that was clear? Then <laughs> it's insulting. <laughs> Say it again. I'll work on it. Everybody, do outflows leave receiving? What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you didn't laugh. Everybody else laughed at you. So what do you think he meant? Can you maintain the receiving attitude or activity while outflowing? Is that it? Sure. Yeah. Well, I like you when you say <laughs> oh, sure, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Not so good, but it's not exact, but pretty close. Is that it? I thought what I said was it, but... <laughs> what did you say? Say it again. Can you repeat it? Where do we need to get you? Yuzan, really. He remembers everything. Go ahead. I, I think what Eric said was... Um, yes. Yes. You can. What? Carol Bowing. Can just receiving become a standard? Good, good question. Probably not. I would say probably it, if it might standardize a little bit, but the nature of what you're receiving is never the same. It's always the same in that someone you're, something you're receiving, but it's never the same. And it's the personality structure of everything is incredibly different. Get out 15 oak leaves and look at them. Find two of them that are like, get out 20 of them. They're, they're, they're the same, they're oak leaves, but they're different and they're always different shaped. They have a different kind of pattern to them. Same thing with people. Same humans, but incredibly different. So that receiving area uh, is not going to get standardized because it's it, it would be it's new all the time, completely fresh. As uh, Suzuki Roshi said in a book they published, one of his sayings was, "Not always so. You can't find anything. It's always that way. It's always so. Not always so." The other one is in Sandokai. The, the title of Sandokai is the equality of sameness and difference. Sameness and, and uh, difference uh, are equal, but different. More. Thank you. Further question? Yes. Didn't you bowing? Earlier you were talking about um, not needing to correct anything. When the impulse to correct someone shows up, how do we work with that? Good. So just look at the impulse. And, and the impulse, sometimes that impulsiveness shows up because it is aligned with the self-centeredness that needs to be right, but is also afraid of being wrong. But puts a kind of a conflicting emotions in there, especially when the situation is vague, but also imminent, and maybe even looks a little dangerous if you don't do something about it. Uh, in so many ways, and so less is better. 
Let's call patience. Look at it, smell it, taste it, touch it. Look at the situation that's arising that is somehow triggering some kind of impulsiveness. You use the word impulse, I think. The impulse. Perception, you see something and you have an impulse about it. So as, as much as you can through your mind training, just observe that. And it will, if it does uh, um, conditionally need a response, uh, you won't be able to help yourself. You won't be able to stop yourself from doing that. And there's no guarantee because that air, that whole dynamic is extremely uh, flooded with uh, preconceptions, ideas, conclusions, judgments, evaluations, bits of karmic pushing and pulling and pushing and pulling that you can't even be traced down. It's so complicated. Right now, it looks like when that impulse shows up, I often will correct the situation and then you correct someone or some situation. Both. Okay. And then my help. Yes. Shut up. Of that. And that way, I, mean, I mean it in a way. I'm being silly, but saying just don't talk, don't say anything, don't respond, make no response until that response gets to the point where it just has to get out. And then uh, I, I doubt if you have the, the, the understanding uh, to not outflow in spite of your, your feeling pulled upon to do something about that. Look very closely and carefully at your intention. What, what is your real intention there? Is it to protect yourself? Is it to solve someone else's problem? Is it to interfere? Uh, or is it to just be in control of everything? Look at that. Look at that closely. It's a path. It's not a goal. It's a path. And everything is the path. And what you're just asking about is the path. Nothing to correct. Nothing is threatened anywhere. It sure looks like it. More? When I have corrected, if I go yes. into that... What do I do then? Well, it's a, also, that's very situational. It depends on what if you're correcting yourself or moving something around, or if you're correct, connecting, correcting another person about their activity or what they should be or shouldn't be doing. Is that what it is? Well, again, situational. But, uh, not going to set up any kind of standard for it, but you could, you might talk to that situation or that person more about that, see how it looks to them, interact with them, CCC, communicate, cooperate, collaborate. That first C, the first C of communication means you do a lot of listening. You might go back in. It, it, it is not necessary to go in and apologize. But situationally, maybe. But if you do apologize, if you've heard me talk about this before, one time, one apology, make sure they've heard it, and that's it. No more apologies. Any more apologies on top of the first one are about you trying to feel better. The first one may actually be, um, I stepped on your feet, and I apologize for that. I misunderstood what was happening. I apologize for that one time. And don't wait to be forgiven. It's more baloney. I was going to say that other word about the manure, but I didn't. Baloney. Don't need to be forgiven for anything. No one's done anything wrong. There is no self in the skandhas. So who are you going to forgive? 
you're fundamentally not to blame for anything, nor is anyone to blame for anything. But people are responsible for everything. I don't know how else to say it. The relative words only go so far, and there has to be some uh, ongoing insight slowly over time and seeing there's no solid being here, no solid identity. There's a temporary identity. Here uh, is the name Sogazan, who is a Dharma teacher. That's it. And there may be other identities, old person, diabetic, uh, a poor grammar, person poor grammar. That's a, what is that called? A, it's like a, a grammar oxalate or something. It has something to do with nutrition, I think. Nobody's laughing. <laughs> it's usually a sign that what I've said is ridiculous. More? I see that look. Come back to you. What? Sort of mind. Can keeping our mouth shut um, be harmful to others? Sure. Maybe. That's why it needs to be a situation where you look at the situation, and since you've been practicing receiving, receiving, receiving on your own mind, which is like a squirrel cage, if you haven't noticed, but you just, it's not about accomplishing what you're receiving. You don't have to have an accomplishment. You're changing your your intention, your attitude towards everything, towards life itself, towards waking up in the morning. You're going to receive what this is. And you may produce uh, some uh, 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 happy feelings. You may produce sad feelings. But whatever shows up is, is what needs to show up because it's dependently risen. There's no one who can be accused of anything. The minute you start accusing anybody else of how you feel, it's the very nature of delusion and confusion, to blame anyone, even though the person has come up and maybe insulted you, because you, you cannot track down the source of that insult, because it's dependently risen. There's no solid being there. Everything is the path. Everything is the path. And how do you find that out? By sit down, hold still, and watch what moves, because that's the path. You need to see the most subtle form of the path in your own experience. How do you do that? Hold everything very still. Don't fall asleep. But if you do fall asleep, then do that. Bomb, you hit your head on the wall. That's, you do it once or maybe twice. Train yourself to observe so that you can actually see that you're, whatever's arising in your mind stream, whether it's in a, a nightmare at three in the morning, or whether it's uh, something someone said to you that is very close to you, that you've always trusted, suddenly they're untrustworthy. All of the things that come and go that, that cause us, even encourage us on some, some level to come to some kind of a conclusion about stuff. Don't do that. You don't have to conclude anything. What do you have to do? Well, you do whatever you want. But if you're listening to me, and there's a few people, 30, 40, 50 people or something listening, maybe more later on... Uh, Whatever this where this goes to. Excuse me. So everything everything is showing up in your mind. Tomorrow when you if you brush your teeth every day, which you probably do, and you when you're putting the you're putting the ipana or the pepsodent or the what's that other toothpaste that you use? It's just 
Oh, yeah, thieves. It's toothpaste that's stolen. So thieves, toothpaste. <laughs> You're putting some of that toothpaste on your on your um, device that has the bristles. You're putting that, and you go, when it moves to your mouth, just look at that halfway measure, halfway between the tube and putting that in your mouth right there. Awareness. Bring your awareness right to that still point because nothing is moving there. I'm giving you a direct instruction on how to do this. You might have to do it a few hundred thousand times. But that's it. That's it. It's right here. There is no past and future to that. It's an incredible illusion that binds us, ties us, glues us to this body-mind complex that we are so crazily in love with and want to protect and want to promote. We want to make sure we are, our, our skin is the right color. We want to make sure that our hair is combed in the right direction. Always primping. Everything is a path. That toothpaste. See, just seeing it, just witnessing that, looking at that. That everything is like that. The whole world is like when you pull a chair out from the table, your hands on the back of that chair. I don't teach meditation and action. I teach meditation. I teach shikantaza. Sit down, hold still, face the wall, and then meditation will happen on its own. That doesn't mean I'm not going to talk about it. It doesn't mean that you wouldn't ask questions about it. But don't develop a standard for for meditation like they do, for instance, the Japanese kinhin or traditional walking meditation, which Chezan, Juzan, Senchu, and Biyun are all, all out at Jokoji in California, where Chezan is was leading or co-leading a uh, uh, Denkoe uh, uh, Sachin, traditional Sachin that we don't do here, but they do there. So how's he doing? He's doing okay. The pictures look good. Everyone is smiling. He's not given a horrible Dharma talk yet, but we're waiting to see how he does. Yes. Um, I wonder if you could say more about the nature of apologies. I am thinking about the non-apologies that you frequently get, like, I'm sorry you feel that way, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but... Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I do that too, so what's your question? Um, just like what a true apology would be then, because you said apologize once, but if your apology isn't a real apology, then... Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty fishy area. So, but you, you could actually be sincerely um, sorry, even somewhat affectionate to that person because you felt like you misunderstood something, you got in their way, you obstructed them in such a way that caused them further difficulty. You could say, I'm sorry about that. One time, they'll hear you. Do it twice, then it's more about you trying to get off the hook or trying to get uh, forgiveness or something. You don't need forgiveness. The person doesn't even need apology. But it may it may soften the whole dynamic between you and that person. I, I guess I'm thinking if you realize that your first apology was a non-apology, like if you go back, if the other person don't do it, won't do anything. Okay, won't correct anything. Like they're, they're, they'll be fine. It's not so much about what they think about you uh, as as it's so much about what you think about yourself. So quite often when we do that, we're trying to straighten things up so we well at least we've apologized they do that quite a bit in uh, uh programs like uh 12-step programs you know making amends and all that it just it's not wrong because those people are not uh, particularly on a spiritual path as it looks to me they're on a very strong mundane path 
of supporting you in the crap that you're stuck in, which is usually addiction, which but that, might, that might be the only help that that person can get. So I'm all about that if people want to do that. But it's, uh, um, it's about fixing people. It's about making people better. And that's not what this is about. Not about improving. I've not improved. You might say, that's pretty obvious. What am I talking about? I'm talking about seeing your true nature. So you can actually see it. If someone sees their true nature, they're just, they look like just anybody else on the street. They don't have have uh, light coming out of their ears. But they are not separate from the light that you're walking under. If they've realized their true nature. And it's not a feeling. We have feelings come and go, even compassion, not a feeling. When you bow, I think you've said that it was uh, intense anger that brought you to this path. Yes. And yet you say that you haven't improved. Is that intense anger still present? Yes, it is. So what's different from how it was that brought you to this path and now? Uh, I think the, the intention, uh, the wish or the desire to help others is over, overwhelms that, that other situation. Have you gotten rid of it? So the intention is to be with all things. And that's gotten stronger uh, since I first began to understand what that vow is about. But that doesn't make me some kind of a hero. Doesn't mean that I'm this wonderful, kind person who is always putting others before himself. That's the intention. You can't accomplish it. The reason you can't accomplish it because there are no separate beings. That takes a while. Sure, Bowing. If, if we see an area where we are um, having some difficulty or we're kind of locked up, is there a way to to start to massage that area without it being about improving? Um, yeah, it's just to take it to the wall. I mean, you can, if you've been meditating a lot, if you're meditating 15, 20 hours a week, somewhere in that area, then you'll probably be able to contemplate that in, in meditation in chicken plaza. It'll just come up naturally. You'll be able to look at it. It might disappear. Don't chase it. it might show back up. It might appear again. Just look at it. It'll show up. You won't have to necessarily. That's an area that you've been working on off the cushion or been thinking, ruminating about, thinking about. It will probably show up in a, show up in a much more precise and definite form in chicken tada. Sort of bowing. I'm. I'm thinking of an area um, around the communication where it seems like in the midst of actually communicating, I could try to step into an uncomfortable area or, um, yeah, is that something you can practice in the, in the middle of a situation? Maybe, but the way I'm understanding it and, and knowing you, no. I'll do anything unless you have to. Is that a standard or a slogan? Somewhat. But it also it applies to everyone in a different way. Some people are going to have to do a certain thing that you confronted with a similar situation would be pretty choiceless for you to not do anything at all there. You might just 
keep it buttoned up and just sit there and look at it. It's going to be different with with each person. There's no there's no standard for any anything like that. Even the the standard for a sitting meditation, even though it's strongly emphasized in the Soto tradition of Japan, I don't emphasize it because I know what it's like to have that emphasized and just about have your body break trying to do something that three people are able to do, sit there all day in a perfect uh, lotus posture and uh, hands in the meditation mudra and just sleep all day. Are they sleeping? I don't know, but they're sitting pretty still for many hours at a time right in front of me. So pretty challenging. Uh, but we don't set up a standard. You come in and you're, you're asked to uh, hold uh, symmetrical as your body will let you do and sit as straight as you can, sit in a chair if you need to, hold as still as you can without being rigid, and watch what moves. But no one comes around with a stick and hits you like they do in some traditions. Especially the Rinzai, I don't think that's helpful. But that comes out of a macho, male-oriented military. Uh, Just like the the Japanese code of Bushido, which, which is very military, militaristic. You have a question? You? Oh, no. <clears throat> I thought you were looking past me. Uh, I did have a question. Go ahead. I'm going to have to think about what it is now. Okay. We'll come back. Anyone on Zoom have a question? Go ahead. How do we put others before ourselves if they don't, nobody needs anything from us? If nobody needs anything from us? Well, that's, that's kind of a merchandising approach to it. It's a, uh, there's a need and you fulfill it or something like that. It's not about that. It's, it, someone else might not even know you're doing that. Just put them before yourself. Hard to do. It's very hard to do that because it it turns into a bunch of discursive thought about are you doing that or not. But take some time. You might have to look at your own self-centeredness, your own narcissism, and your own belief in your thought patterns. You have to be spend some time with yourself, acknowledging that your mind is spinning and you're coming up with right and wrong. Uh, you're right and somebody else is wrong, or possibly you're wrong and somebody else is right. And no, I'm not reading minds. I don't need to re- read a mind because everybody's mind is hanging out all over. Yours, mine, everyone's. If you ever happen to stumble into my mind, you wouldn't see much. You might see a bunch of things, but they wouldn't belong to me. Talk about scary. What, what fundamentally do you want to know? That's a good question. What do you want to know? Tell me that. Ask me that. And I'll respond as clearly as I can based on the clarity of your question. Divine. Just honestly wanting to get unstuck from miring down in, in, in self-centeredness. And in what? In my self-centeredness. Okay. I can help you there. Take it to the wall. Spend a lot of time facing the wall, sit down, hold still, and watch the craziness, the insanity. You're not alone here. There's insanity here also. I couldn't do this if I'd somehow gotten rid of everything and was this wonderful, sane person. So 
some kind of saint wandering around bestowing blessings on people. Not interested in that. What am I interested in? In helping you see your true nature with your permission. And if you come in here and sit here, if you listen to me for 15, 20 minutes, you're kind of giving me permission for a while. Once we leave and go somewhere else, you can like, go somewhere else. That's up to you. But in your situation, more sitting, this doesn't mean quit your job, but I can't be working more than 40 hours a week, are you? Are you? Well, stop it. That's too much. You have to work for uh, 60 hours a week. I started figuring out ways to pretend to work from the cushion. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that. Uh, we can talk about that at some point, but really to, to work more than 40 hours a week and, and live in the monastery, if you do, or in the monastery grounds and practice as a practice resident, you're just asking for a lot of difficulty. I don't know if you're going to have a nervous breakdown particularly, but but it puts that kind of stress, especially if the job itself is very stressful because of production or deadlines or anything like that. Are you dealing with that? Thank you for the question. Further, anyone? Go ahead. When you're bowing, I believe um, you said at the beginning, if your insanity is clear, your outflows will not add to the insanity of the world. Mm -hmm. How can we see if our insanity is clear? How will we know? You'll know. You, you will know. I mean, consciousness will know there's no you left to know anything. And if there's a little sh shreds of you, like a little, when you actually do explode, there's little chunks of you here and there, little, uh, sometimes called shrapnel, uh, laying around. Uh, even that won't have enough individuality to have a problem with anything. You will know. I, mean, I can't guarantee that. I can't, I can't guarantee that you will awaken. But I can be fairly sure you won't awaken if you decide to just buy into the insanity of the world and try to hammer out this or that or become a you know, professional uh, arm wrestler. You're probably not going to do that. Go ahead. When you're bowing, um, and then shortly after that, I believe you also said something to the effect that you can't do anything to reach enlightenment. But you can do a lot to not reach enlightenment or understand that or be realized. You can't reach some someplace you already are. This is why it said everything is a path because everything that shows up that looks like an obstruction, <clears throat> sometimes even an agreement or, or a, a good thing, a bad thing, uh, a neutral thing, that is what is in, in the way of seeing your true nature, of seeing awakening, of, of seeing what's called realization, realization of what this is. What this is, that realization transcends life and death. Because what is seeing that is no longer uh, locked up in some kind of organism, some kind of me and my ideas and what I think, what I don't think, what's right, what's wrong. Most of the world is dealing with that kind of junk. That's one of the reasons that I am motivated along with some other people, including, including uh, Kelly Climey, to set up some kind of a, a structure, not to convert people to Buddhism, but to give young people a place where they can be safe, because a lot of times they aren't safe in the early evening, we've been finding. And some, something that they can do that isn't just, doesn't just go into the, 
the teenage culture. Not that they shouldn't. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe they, they won't particularly want to uh, participate in a, in a world that uh, whose basis is just basic sanity. Basic goodness, what my teacher would have said. Basic goodness, just basically good, not as opposed to anything else. I would like to bring that about with your help. We can't do it alone. So it's very important to do that. Besides training our minds here in this monastery or on Zoom, or you're often a different part of the country or a different part of the world, for that matter, in some cases. That's what we're trying to do here, uh, half a block away, three blocks away to the high school, where one of, where one of our uh, um, residents actually goes to school there, I'm happy to say. Is there a further question? A few further questions? Have some time if there is. If you're looking at your own stress or and it seems yeah. like you can kind of see a weakness or breaking point, um, is there a way to ask for support from Sangha that doesn't bait people into thinking they need to fix something for you? Well, if, if it's this sangha, it's not that they won't be uh, feel baited into that. We all do. I do too. We all do that. It's just it's not about stopping that. It's just seeing that that's not the only thing that's going on. Is that you need to bail somebody out or help somebody. So you have to be with people, meet people where they're at. Whether you're the one who is asking for help, or whether the other the other person is hearing you at, and then looking at their situation and your situation and seeing if there, there's something they can do. It's very situational. So I would I wouldn't double think or overthink the whole thing too much. If you need help, ask. You could ask uh, uh, different people, but uh, uh, the Sukansu or Chiazan is not here. He's out, out west. That would be one place to start. Start with me. Ask, ask me directly or ask him or anyone in the really anyone in the monastery that's a, a resident, whether they're a monk or not, if they've lived here for quite a while, they, they're functioning in that way. So sometimes it's good to get, get some feedback from others. Could be from the teacher, could be from the Sangha, could be, well, it could be lots of places. Further question, uh, is there anyone on, uh, I can only see, 20, about 10 people I cannot see. So I'll, I'll switch the screen and then I can see another 10 or so people here. Okay, well, if there is a question, please speak up because I may not be able to see your face and your, and your um, gasho if that's what you're doing. Yes. Thinking about, I mean, um, sometimes you talk about holding your seat. Yes. And it's especially if there's intense uh, negativity arising. Yes. What is it to hold your seat, Bowing? Don't do anything. Don't do anything. No, no response. Hold your seat. This, is, this doesn't mean shut down and be rigid. 
if you've been practicing sitting, sitting meditation for a few years, which you have many years, you know what it's like to just hold your seat. You just sit still. You hold your seat. Don't hook up the vocal cords. Don't particularly hook up the hand waving. But also don't shut down on whatever is in front of you. Continue to receive that because nothing lasts. But it will solidify and locate somewhere and take on a certain kind of relative value or negativity if you fool around with it. If you try to manipulate it or try to shift the blame. Like it looks like it's yours, but you want to, the old traditional way of saying, don't shift the cow's load to the ox. You can tell how many centuries ago that was. They don't, just whatever shows up, that's it. Even if it's blame for you from someone else, from some way they're looking at you or what they're saying to you, shaking their finger at you. In your mind, if we find ourselves uh, drifting into what may be considered an old pattern of negativity, if from a thought process that could eventually lead into an outflow, is there some way to intercede? Well, so rather than use the word intercede, which sounds like interrupting or stopping, something like that, I would say just observe it. You're going to need to observe the outflow and be responsible for the outflow rather than uh, trace the outflow back to someone who caused that, someone who caused you to feel that way. And that's why you said or did this or that. Yes. Are there such things as internal outflows? Most of them start that way. Not all, that's most of them. You're already outflowing inside. You're having conversation with yourself. You'll say something and you'll listen to it and you'll even come up response. I'm going to start doing it that way. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. Having a conversation with yourself. You actually divide it up into parts so it's easier to, to feel like providing your own, providing yourself with company, agreeing with yourself. Like that's the last time they're going to do that. I'm not going to put up with that. I don't have to. And then you might actually say something next to somebody next to you. What do you think? Would you put up with that? With what? Well, what I was just thinking about. Well, what were you thinking about? Well, I was thinking about something that she said when I came in the kitchen and she said this, and that just seems very, very disrespectful. Would you put up with that? And then depending on who it is and how much insight they have, what their connection is with you, and how close you are already, or how distant you are already, the causes and conditions are just very, very elaborate. So there's, there's no way to, to see how that's going to develop along. But it's dependently arisen. There's no solid self any, anywhere in that business, including the outflower. There's just the outflow. That the ego mind will take, assume credit or responsibility, or even might feel like he, she, they are actually doing that are doing that argument or that accusation or question from someone who has already asked lots of questions. Okay. Then someone who hasn't asked any question. Come on, you guys. Give it a break. We got six more minutes to go and Jalen, Jalen Barnett. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? 
told everything is the path. Can't hear you. Oh. Can you hear me? I think he's got it. Mm. Oh, have we muted? Uh, <laughs> is this my fault? <laughs> yeah. so Tisho didn't hesitate to say yes. <laughs> Pro, yes, Pro FX is the microphone and the speaker is Santa's system. Beyond dialing, can you hear me? Yep, we hear you. All right. Uh, so everything is the path. Yes. Uh, how is um, ig ignoring everything? Um, trying to ignore everything. Um, where, where's the path quality in that? Very good. But look what you're able to do. You're, you're here. You're, you've been attending these uh, classes. I assume you're doing some meditation practice. You sound like you're doing some, uh, not that I can always tell, but you're also asking a question that, that takes a lot of awareness of what's happening in your, in your mind stream, not a compliment, not a compliment. <coughs> You're saying it takes a lot of awareness to actually ask a question like that. So you're, what is the path is that you're aware of that ignorance. That's the path. The ignorance itself may show up as path and may not. But right now, it's your awareness of that ignorance that you're actually looking at that ignorance. Path. More? Jalen Bowing. Um, I... Just reading uh, Trump's material um, uses passion, aggression, and indifference. Yes. And I, I just I find a confusion in the ignorance, and the indifference. I just the yes. other day, indifference, and it just seemed to really just hit me hard. Un unlike ignorance, and, um, I was wondering if you could provide clarity on. So uh, I think you're already uh, close to that, understanding it yourself. I can say more. It's just another form of ignorance. There are several different forms going on and on. Just a distraction, deliberately looking away from something uh, because you, it's painful or uncomfortable to look at it. So we just go into something else that is aligned with aggression and is aligned with passion. But the f uh, fundamental <coughs> of the three poisons in that one would be indifference or distraction. So it's, you know, the downside is how this looks to you and your experience of it. But the upside is you're, you're actually looking at this. So don't conclude. That's what's happening is you're, uh, you're abandoning or leaving what you're actually looking at for what it's about or what it means or its value to you or its lack of value or, or that you're not on the path correctly. Or you're, and I'm telling you, saying to you, offering to you, suggesting to you, everything is the path. Everything is the path. One more time. Everything is the path. So whatever's happening in your mind, as long as you continue to return to the cushion, continue to train your mind, continue to return whatever, whatever is available in terms of the, the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the teacher, the teaching, and the community, which we have right here. I'm obviously not the Buddha, but I'm a t Dharma teacher, and I've been doing this for a while. And there are people here who are... Um, students and you're one of them at least for the time that you're here so we do this together we're studying the dharma as this person is presenting it and this person is here to respond to questions as i'm endeavoring to do now and there's a community here that are we're all listening 
to this together. Even though someone isn't asking a question, they might hear the way I respond to your question or possibly the way in which you elaborate on what's happening in your mind stream and then hear the way I'm responding to it or perhaps what that engenders in someone else's mind to ask a, a question in a, with a different shape or different form that have to do with very simple ideas like passion, aggression, and ignorance. It's, it is about awareness, not about accomplishing a damn thing. It's, it's not, it's, it has, it has its uh, relationship to the mundane path, but it's, it's a different one. It's way beyond uh, rasping, rejecting, and shutting down. More, Jalen? That's it. Thank you. Certainly. Take a final question if there is one, and if there isn't, uh, we can uh, close up shop. Is that appropriate to say that? Close up shop. Nobody, Chisho, you don't have a single question. Okay. Well, it's understandable. I know that you know you have. There's a lot of confusing things go through your mind. <laughs> Eric Henderson, you don't have a, I don't see you very often. Do you have a question? I see your name there. You have a question? Oh, Eric Bowing, nothing's coming to mind right now. Thank okay. you. Okay, then I guess we'll go the other direction, which means uh, we'll, uh, what are we going to do next? Dedicate the merit. We'll all do that together and then we'll close for this evening. So thank you so much for coming. It's been good to see all of you. Appreciate your questions and your and your not non questions are good too. So, hi, my name is Sokuren and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks, and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is, and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you.